Where's my order? Does anyone know how to find my order? How can I find Where my order? order? My... Break free from customer support monotony. Welcome to Intercom, the customer support platform that uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Intercom's business messenger resolves questions that can be answered automatically, so customer support feels less like Groundhog Day and more like help is on the way. Go to intercom.com support to learn more. Hi. Yeah, it's good. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, good to be back after a week. <laughs> hello, hello. Um, I'm doing well. Things are good. Awesomely busy, but awesome. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah. One day. <laughs> yes. Sure. So I'm not actually in the animation industry, but I'm a huge fan of animation. Uh, all kind of started when I watched Avatar The Last Airbender and then got hooked on that and then went back and rediscovered some old, old favorites like Hey Arnold and Doug and Kim Possible. And from there, it's just kind of exploded. Um, I really enjoy Western animation. Favorite movies would be like How to Train Your Dragon and... Uh, Spirited Away, and currently I'm watching Gravity Falls, Star vs. the Forces of Evil, uh, Dragon's Race to the Edge, and I think, oh, Wander Over Yonder, that just came back. Yes. Hmm. 
<gasps> That's exciting. Nope. Yeah, that must have been that must have been like all the all the old time like Dragon Ball Z, like all the all the older people now who grew up watching it, like going back to the cinema. I think, you know, the nostalgia trip. It is absolutely awesome. It's the most fun. Well, it's it's the it's the most I've laughed in the cinema this year. Easily, even more than Inside Out, which is you know as we get into, it's really funny. But wow, Jean the Sheep is perfect, really. Um, but you know, it's a smaller it's a smaller release, and it's you know I think Ardman's always kind of operating on a. Not a niche market in in the US, but something, you know, just a, just a smaller a smaller audience, I think. They're huge, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Vaguely. I, I think, I, to be honest, I think I heard about it on this podcast before I actually saw posters. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not saying too much because I, um, you know, I've been sort of locked in the studio, so <laughs> maybe that's part of it. Also, Chris, but, uh, you're, you're asking animation fans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not so much a problem. It's more, I think it's more of lack of advertising, lack of marketing. Cause I mean, I, even when I watch like Disney channel or Nickelodeon, I don't really see those movies being advertised and that's your uh, main demographic yeah. are the kids mm-hmm. and they're advertising more stuff like fantastic four and mm-hmm. the ant-man and Jurassic world and inside out. And stuff. that's what you see is these American produced films being advertised to them and not yeah, really, not really shown the sheep. It's a, it's a, unfortunately like it's a smaller <clears throat> movie. Right. It's, um, it, I mean, it, it got a decent release here, but it was still a small kind of film. Mm-hmm. And um, a small film in the UK is going to be an even smaller one in the US, unfortunately. Um, and but also, you know, I uh, I grew up watching Ardman uh, animation on TV. If it wasn't like Wallace and Gromit and School Holidays and uh, Christmas, then there were lots mm-hmm. of like little bits of pieces of um, morph. Uh, mm-hmm. who's like a little brown like clay character that they have um, you know so it's sort of like we're culturally a bit more aware I think of it mm-hmm. um, like I uh, you know it's uh, you know, so it's so it's there I think a bit more there's a bit more of just a general awareness of, right. of like those characters and, yeah, and what it means true. maybe because mm-hmm. I, I remember I think I first saw Wallace and Gromit I mean much later you know and I thought oh my god what's this it's amazing <laughs> and it's like I felt I discovered something and you know yeah. it's not really yeah. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I was watching them before I had learned to talk <laughs> you know no, not the case here yeah, yeah. but you know it's and also I think you know, like mid to late summer is a really hard time for movies. Um, yeah. And even though what they've done is smart, you know, like counter programming, it's there aren't any huge kids' movies out this week, as far as I know. No, there isn't. I mean, you know? well, so I mean, there's, like, 
they're trying to push Pan- Fantastic Four on the kids, but they're not going to go see that. Right. Um, like you're going, yeah, man, that's stupid. The only other yeah. thing you really have in theaters right now that goes to kids is Inside Out, but I mean, that's kind of nearing the end of its mainstream run. Yeah, um, getting ready for DVD. <laughs> Yeah, yeah then no, that's gearing up for uh well yeah. second second run markets and then DVDs. Um, I think I can't that Shaun the Sheep actually would probably do quite well on DVD. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. it's it's you know also it's um it's not three D as far as I know. Mm-mm. Yeah, so you know the whole kind of like. I know, like, vaudevillian sort of spectacle of going to the pictures is not that <laughs> as much. It's a smaller movie, and it's... Yeah. It's, you know, you, you probably look at it and you do think, oh, maybe I'll catch it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But, you know, if you're listening and you're umming and ahhing about it, don't. Just go and see it. It's perfect. It's <laughs> uh, We should probably do an episode about it at one point, but... Oh, cool. It's still it, it's still playing in theaters. I just looked at my local one, so it's playing there. So that's a positive. It's great. <laughs> it's like you know, if you if um, it's like a silent movie. There's no dialogue. Mm. It's just a really nice. fun, you know, story. Uh, you know, um, based around a load of gags, really. But it's 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 brilliant. Okay, it's something genuinely different. Maybe that's what they think wouldn't sell. <laughs> no dialogue. They, well, they they try to be tame with the kids and stuff. People I mean, like the minions, they don't say anything. Uh, is there like yeah. a some sort of? <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe maybe they think they need to add some sort of like wacky, cartoony <laughs> sound effects type. Uh, voiceover on top of it. Well, do you know? Yeah. Even when the film was marketed in the UK. The trailer had like a narrator, and it was like "Meet Sean the Cheat," and they were oh. they, they were trying to, they were terrified, and they were trying to like push as much dialogue in there as possible, even though there wasn't any movie. Oh man! Because for some reason, people have a problem with that. I don't. I know. Like Mad the Max, uh, Mad the what the hell am I talking about? <laughs> Mad the Max, uh, Fury the Road was was. <laughs> That was essentially a silent movie. You know, it was just like grunts and, you know, nods of the head here and there. And, uh, you know, a little bit of dialogue about, I don't know, being saved and stuff. But, Did but you know, it's mostly action. <laughs> Chris, you said you didn't really care for that movie. Is that right? What? Didn't really care for oh. Oh. Okay. oh. <laughs> Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it's Chris, fantastic. If there's, if there's a second it's one, great. It's funny, <laughs> seek it out. Yeah. <laughs> get a sit really close to the TV, or make sure you have a screen or something. Because I would wanted... actually, I would suggest watching all the Mad Maxes. That's kind of what I did when I got home, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Because they are, I don't know, they definitely um, inform, I mean, they're great. <laughs> they're good fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a video game. 
Yeah, there is a video game. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, really? Wow. Oh my god, that would be so good. <laughs> well, it was actually... It, I know, was, I was... It was made a little bit like an animated... Definitely. It was storyboarded. Mm-hmm. They had a treatment, yeah. but the movie was, like, storyboarded, and then they wrote, like, a script to fit the storyboards. Um, yeah, I believe that. I mean, I mean, it was so heavily... Um, there was so much CGI. I mean, in a way... I, it did sort of lean on right. animation and yeah. in that respect. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I, I don't <laughs> know, but I, but there, there is, the gear change. <laughs> you know, uh, there was a, a great video that went around, I think maybe this week, um, about, so there have been lots of videos recently, I don't know if anyone's mm-hmm. noticed, about visual effects. Mm-hmm. And people talking about them and trying to like go, well, visual effects are bad because uh, there there aren't any oh, right. practical effects now, and like trying to like work out like what you know why there's a fatigue around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this video came out, and I'm not sure if it was like made by a guy who is a visual effects artist or is in the industry. That makes a lot of sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, because it 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 pretty much just like put everything to bed, like mm-hmm. about you know who's to blame in the whole bad CGI mm-hmm. um, debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, did did anyone like catch that? Mm-mm, no. <laughs> yeah yeah and, and my, my favorite one is like talking about jurassic park it's like oh jurassic mm. park looks amazing <laughs> there, were, there were probably like nine or so visual effects like cg effect shots in that whole movie <laughs> you right. know like they look good because it was it, it was a good movie and there just happened to be a little bit of um you know uh uh hundreds and thousands uh, sprinkles, chocolate sprinkles <laughs> for Americans. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good DVD. It's a good one. <laughs> well, it's a, it's I don't know probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard it does. I have a feeling it might be on some preschool channel. I, I'm not sure. 
It might it might be on Nick. I'm not sure. Or Nick Ju- whatever the Nick Jr. thing is now. It's Nick Jr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like <laughs> the writing in archer is some of the best on tv so whatever you know um adam reed and his team are like involved in is going to be like worth watching at least And, and and Adam Adam Reed fans as well because he has his fans. <laughs> no, I think I think it's really like it's great because, I mean, it's really sad. But you know, when has that happened before? Like, when has there been a female-led TV? Uh, t- uh, animated TV show. Like, I mean, technically, maybe mm. the, the My Little Pony, but they're not. You know, they're they're avatars of that have female voices and characters are not like properly represented women. You know? Yeah, and, and that. <laughs>
They are. I mean, Archer has a. I think Archer has a really good mix, but as the way the way it's marketed and everything, it's like he's front and center still. Mm-hmm. Even though the female characters are written really well and they're their own, like brilliantly fleshed out, you know, just people. <laughs> um, sorry. Yes, yeah, she does. They're they're hilarious and they're, they, you know, they're they're different and. Um, you know, uh, why not? When 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 does that start, Chris? Is that like in production or? FXX. It's it's F double X. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yes, yeah, um, it was hosted by Tommy and also J.J. Uh, J. Sudelmar was a uh, guest host. And, um, yeah, it was all about, eventually I'll have a post up about this. I, um, it's all about, it was all about, uh, silent animation and, uh, early sound. And, um, there was a, uh, terrific, I think Joel Forrester was his name, uh, the piano accompaniment, um, which for the, some of the silent films, um, he was terrific. He, he did like the, <laughs> just as an aside, he did the, um, I think the fresh air, <laughs> the NPR fresh air um, music and I don't know, all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. But it was like classic New York City um, pianist. And and uh, anyway, really terrific show. Really very interesting. I mean, because it, it's funny, you know, Dan, you mentioned something about how animation is sort of like, like a, like a magic trick, right? Some movies are set up like 
a magic trick. And um, I mean, that's there's always oh, been this. Yeah, well, early animation, like what's Gertie the dinosaur? Yeah, that's the, mm-hmm. yeah. There's always there's always been from the very very beginning this um, tie between science and and art, right? And, and uh, science and definitely animation. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's kind of neat. Like um, yeah, a lot of these. I mean. The Vitagraph Studios, the Vitagraph was tied with Thomas Edison. Some of those early um, short films were just trick films. They were almost, uh, they were based, they had a foot in vaudeville as well, um, entertainment wise, but um, they were experiments, you know, <laughs> and not for kids, you know, it's it fascinating stuff. But yeah, there was he. They give a really terrific presentation. What's really fascinating is there are thousands of movies that were never that they know existed, but um, were sort of lost. And um, he found Tommy States found a bunch of films somewhere in the Midwest in some barn. Um, the like the film itself was okay, but the containers had been rusted through. Is that interesting? They've just been sitting in some barn somewhere in the Midwest. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, and, uh, I I believe that all of the all of the like yeah. restoration stories you hear about are like yeah someone had some Hitchcocks like in their in their right. attic. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's really fascinating. I mean, some of the, some of the films are a little bit um, tough to watch, to be honest. But um, <laughs> oh, in, in, like, in what way? Like, well, um, because you know this is like before biomechanics, before any kind okay. of animation principles were developed at mm. all so right. um, I, I thought you were talking about like culturally perhaps <laughs> Cause, oh cause, that's a yeah. whole other discussion okay definitely and and i wonder i mean i would really be fascinated and um i think the kickstarter is great and and i think all of it's really fascinating i mean i did consider that about halfway through because uh, some of the movies they did screen had some elements were kind of like, Oh Jesus. Yeah. This is a different time. Like how horrible and embarrassing, but, um, <laughs> and cringeworthy <laughs> because of some of the um, racial undertones. But I always wondered like, or they weren't undertones. It was right there in front of you, but let's say that it wasn't like the subject of the film, but I'm sure there's lots more that are um, way worse. And um, it also sort of gets me thinking about, um, do you guys ever read that book called Forbidden Animation? Mm-mm. No. Um, I, I don't know. It just sort of makes me think about, uh, yeah, I don't know, what other kind of films that were out there that were technically animation <laughs> that, you know, are in someone's attic somewhere. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, interesting stuff. That's amazing. It's it's really great as well that like, I mean, unfortunately, it's it's an individual who's doing it, but mm-hmm. like, what a great thing to do for you know, uh, an industry and for culture, you know, for for people yeah. to to see that as, as a responsibility and recognize, okay, well, the um, you know, the uh, the AFI probably isn't going to step in here. I've got to do something about it. Yeah, he, and he was—he's like one of the youngest or 
for a long time was one of the youngest uh, historians of animation. <laughs> he just mm. sort of got hooked at a really young age um, watching VHS and stuff, VHS tapes and um, looking at books mm. and stuff. And, and that sort of became his life, life goal is um, finding these films. It's really fascinating. Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that's great. I saw a tiny, tiny little portion of that, um, as I mentioned before in like an earlier podcast and it was beautiful. The the color version, right? Yeah, so good. 
Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> yeah. I um, went out to uh, to BAM to to catch uh, one of the international blocks uh, for the animation block party, and it was great. I mean, it was just I, I only really just caught that one block because it was. Um, I wanted to see more, but the animation block party was sort of going on at the same time as uh, those MoMA screenings. Um, so mm -hmm. I didn't, I missed a lot of it, but, but I saw some curtains in my favorites and I'll send you links to these for the show notes, but you know, they're just going to be trailers, but it's still worth looking at. <laughs> Our, um, I'm probably going to mess up the name. Sophie Coco Gate. Do you know? She's based in London, and the, the short film is called Half Wet. How do you spell uh, Coco Gate? It's Sophie, S-O-P-H-I-E, uh, Coco is K-O-K-O, -K -O, and then Gate, like a gate, G-A-T-E. Mm. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, that was great. Um, my other favorite is, the, is um, Edmund, um, and the director is Nina Gantz. I don't know if. Where is, she did, where is she based? I can't remember. Uh, Paper Bag was another one that I really liked. Roxana, Bensu, and then another one called uh, Tupaloc. Tupaloc. Anyway, Will Film is the, and Jacob Mage is the director. But those are my favorites, and I'll, I'll send you links to those just so people can check out the trailers. But uh, yeah, they were great. I, I love um, those short animation, short animated film, independent animation blocks. They're, you know, mm -hmm. they're the best. I mean, you just really see gems <laughs> and you see stuff that you're like, nah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's always, those are my favorite ones. Every, everything was pretty good. I mean, 
but those I like the best. And then I watched that. And then the other thing I watched uh, this week was the uh, um, Don Hertzfeld. I finally watched his uh, It's Such a Beautiful Day, I guess, feature length. I watched that, too, and that was interesting. Did you watch that with an audience? I, <laughs> I watched that by myself here. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, I thought about, wonder, I wondered what the audience reaction was yeah, that w- it's it's, it's really very strange watching his movies with and without an audience. I I went through a screening of one once, and I was like pleased to see people laughing a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, because it's not um, his stuff is just weird, and you don't know whether it's meant to be whether you're meant to look at it and scratch your chin like you're in an art gallery and go, hmm, yes, uh, the human condition. and you know, but, mm-hmm. Or whether you're actually meant to be entertained and it's okay to laugh at it. Right. And, and by extension, sort of like laugh with it. You know? Or mm-hmm. if there's some sort of ironic, twisty thing that's just really annoying. Where right. you just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not getting it. Like, I hate that too. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure where a lot of it would fall. I mean, I liked it all and I was very touched by the content. I was touched, but I was sort of, I feel like I need to rewatch it because <laughs> um, I am kind of torn um, about parts of the movie. Mm. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time sort of maybe overanalyzing like the intention. I appreciated it. I definitely appreciated its humor, but there are certain points where it there are certain moments where things are just kind of loaded on top of each other, but then it would resolve and I'd like it again. I don't know. I, I, uh, it was also kind of a throwback for me. I mentioned this earlier, but, um, because of the cuts to, well, I don't know what the, what the, what kind of, what it was shot on, but it was almost like it reminded me of super eight footage, you know, and like sort of older animated movies. Oh, live action. Super, super eight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like of just uh-huh. scenes and and um, nature and things and black and white and he um, seems he's I mean you know um, lots of animation academics and um, historians and the like sort of say that animation is like very and film as well film mm-hmm. um, critics say you know it's all about dreams and in particular like Hertzfeld seems like he's really interested in memory. And, yeah. you know, trying to, as, like, I mean, I kind of like you're saying with the Super 8 footage, like, try and reach something almost nostalgic, perhaps. Yeah, and capturing moments in time and then layering that with just w- being as weird as weird can be <laughs> in order to create, yeah. yeah, like a feeling, you know, and, and that's where, I mean, if it's effective... That's great, you know, but there were moments where I was just like, is this forced or, and then it wouldn't be, you know, and then I'm like, like, no, it's not forced. This is, you know, it was touching. I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I should probably rewatch it just to sort of make a decision, I guess. I don't know, but I you, did like you it. You don't have to make a decision. I mean, like, I, I didn't feel uncomfortable. Best... Like, I didn't feel right. uncomfortable. And part of me was like, is this trying to make me feel uncomfortable? <laughs> some, some of my favorite movies, I, the, the ones that I saw first time round, and I went, did I like that? Yeah. And, mm. 
And to be like, to be honest, it's sometimes it's irrelevant. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, whether you like it or not, it's just like, what did you get out of it? Right. And it sounds like you got quite a lot, I think. Right. Yeah. It, it's funny. I mean, we sort of have a similar, similar discussion um, last week a little bit. You know, it's like when you leave a movie and go, oh, I guess, yeah, you feel kind of like torn in different directions, pulled in different directions. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's definitely effective, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the opposite of that is just, you know, feeling apathy, right? And going like, click off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're still, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're still talking about it to us, so it must be. Right, like... right. <laughs> and you're still like, it sounds like you're like, you know, like, you know, just unsure of like everything <laughs> about it. Really. <laughs> mm. That sounds, I, mean, yeah, I think it's great that filmmakers like him are, are you know, able to do that. Yes, yeah. Well, that's what I like about um, independent animation anyway. And some of these other shorts I saw, is, I mean, I saw uh, that first one that I mentioned, that Sophie Coco Gate. Is that a name or – anyway, but, I mean, the drawings are just – are they're – you know, they've got kind of a, a gross, <laughs> grotesque element, um, yeah. you know, on purpose. And uh, I love that. I mean, <laughs> I really do. Because um, it doesn't seem forced necessarily, you know. It seems like they look exactly how they're supposed to. <laughs> but it's got a similar quality, though, and we're sort of, sort of, or the animator or people creating the film are sort of like reaching their hand into their own, you know, subconscious and just pulling out whatever happens to be there. You know, it's like, it's like you're a living, breathing, walking mythology, you know, and you're just kind of like picking these random <laughs> elements of that and spitting them out onto the paper. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good word like, to describe. Um, Hertzfeld, I think mythology, because he's, He's yeah. into like little moments and remembering little things and trying to make right. sense of things that really don't. Yeah, which I totally, I mean, I guess, I guess the reason I'm about pull towards that is that, um, I mean, I have my own personal history of doing that with paintings. Like, mm. you know, I would go through old family photographs and sort of, recreate it's like you're pushing yourself to this emotional edge <laughs> um yeah. almost mm. like like therapy or something i guess yeah I'm yeah really and happy. not to be not to be too yeah. um i don't know i don't know what the word is but you know it's kind of the more like a fine artist's life yeah. than a, yeah, than sure. what we think a filmmaker does you know right. we're we're really happy for fine artists to express themselves you know, yeah. for, for, for them to show us things which is strange or shocking, but then exactly. we realize that they're shocking, but there's something else that's being expressed underneath underneath that, perhaps. And exactly. there's a, an extent to which, okay, you know, we're being provocative, but we're being provocative to get attention. And then once we've got your attention, you'll stay because we're actually saying something. Yeah, there's a kernel of truth in there. Yeah, but but um, in terms of like expression, mm -hmm. it's 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 not like you know, um, like going to the movies where you're going to get 
catharsis you're going to get act one two three you know it's it's um you're going to be made to feel uncomfortable instead yeah you're in someone else's house (laughs) you know and they might want to they might want you to take your shoes off you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah. they might want to tie you to a chair <laughs> yeah okay well oh, no. <laughs> i don't even yeah. know what we're talking about now what are we talking about no <laughs> no it is um no that kind of independent animation is really uh it's pretty cool <laughs> I'll put I'll put links up. I'll send you links so we can put them in the notes. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's also on it's also on UK now. Uh, yeah, I think that covers it. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so this past Monday, uh, the second season of Wander Over Yonder just started. That's created by Craig McCracken, uh, same guy who's done uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary People. Um, and yeah, so this season now, I don't know, do any of you watch Wander Over Yonder? I watched like the first few episodes, uh, right? <laughs> and I'm not, and not through, <laughs> and I caught like another one where um, there was like a running gag about like oh, it's really hard to describe, but there was this weird running gag about um, Wanda and the villain like kind of getting married or something. It's quite hard to anyway, but oh, yeah, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> I loved it because it was nothing like anything. Yeah, it's that was on. It wasn't like a, a, a you know. It's a, it's a very unique show. It's very classic, like classic yeah, cartoony. Yeah, that that's the whole point is that is to be that classic cartoony and to kind of um, almost pay homage to animation history while also creating something fresh and unique. And what's so unique about it is that it's like an intensely positive series. And the whole idea behind it is Wander's incessant desire to help people, to befriend everyone, and to travel the universe and everything. And that's kind of what the core of the show about is about, is putting good out into the world and everything. And it always everything always turns out okay. But now this season, they've introduced a whole new villain that no matter how nice Wander is to it, villain doesn't care at all. And this villain, um, they've named them Lord Dominator. And the interesting part about this villain is when you see them, they, you think it's going to be like this big bad guy because they're very big and domineering looking. But at the end of the episode, it's revealed it's actually almost like this teen alien girl. <laughs> who like takes this really <laughs> insane delight yeah <laughs> she takes this really huge insane delight in like creating all this mayhem and taking over planets and everything and basically just freaking out the characters um wander and 
his best friend Sylvia and then um, the big bad guy from last season, Lord Hader, and his number two, Commander Peepers, who's actually voiced by the guy <laughs> who does SpongeBob, Tom Kenny. And he does a hilarious job <clears throat> as this guy. So it'll be interesting to see the direction they take in this season because they definitely took a darker turn than what you're used to seeing on this series. And also the fact that the main villain, it's a girl and everything, a teenage girl at that, and these characters don't know that yet. So it'll be interesting for, especially for Lord Hader, who's very um, masculine and everything, and Stab really takes pride in kind of being awesome and <laughs> being a guy and being evil, even though Wander gets through to him and stuff a lot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they deal with it and how this whole season progresses. But it's a great show for anyone to check out. They play it on Disney XD on Mondays, uh, along with Gravity Falls, which is still doing really good. That We had the introduction of Stanley's twin brother, Stanford Pines now, which has kind of created this whole new twist in the series. So it's been interesting seeing how that progresses. And then we also, of course, still have Star vs. the Forces of Evil, which that's still moving forward very nicely. Really great um, upbeat series by uh, Darren Nefsey. Uh, she's a young female animator, actually, as well. So pretty good stuff they have going on on their end. <clears throat> yeah, I, I caught the pilot to start. I didn't know that was a series. I didn't know that was in yeah, series that's a, that is That's been in series. That was another one where just mm-hmm. like... Even before I watched the episode, the animation yeah. was just beautiful, and it like nice. they really pushed the poses, and um, they really the, do. The, the animation itself is funny, you know. It, it the animation itself is really good. The writing is really good, and then um, not quite sure where they're taking it yet overall, but we'll see. It looks like they're starting to get to where they want to with their overarching um, storyline. Um, but yeah, a really good episode to check out on that one is Blood Moon Ball. Uh, really good lighting on that one. Really good animation. Uh, excellent character development all around. And And like the whole, I mean, maybe not the whole, but a lot of Mm -hmm. the production stuff is women, right? Yeah, a lot of the production staff is women. Although, um, starting on season two, they've actually got, um, a really big, um, animator, well, not more of a director writer, uh, John Carlo Volpe. Have any of you heard of him? No. Okay. He was, he, that's okay. He was very heavily involved in Avatar, the last airbender. Um, and then he was also, uh, the, one of the main guys on uh green lantern, the animated series, uh, which if none of you have checked that one out, that's actually a really excellent oh, series to check out. It's only so one C. Beg your pardon? Sorry. sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Carry on. No, that's okay. Go ahead. So he's like a bit more of a, an action guy. Yeah, he's more of an action guy, but he's really good with emotional storylines. Like, even though Green Lantern, um, the animated series, only lasted one season since Cartoon Network, of course, canceled it because it was good. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm still sour about that. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't obvious. Uh, he really... Him and uh, the other writers managed to pack in a lot of emotional storylines into it. I mean, there's this whole uh, romance arc between um, 
one of the characters and the artificial intelligence of the ship. Um, you have the whole progression of this character who starts off as evil, and by the end, he's become a good guy, to where he progresses from... He starts off as a Red Lantern, which they're powered by anger and hate. And by the end of this series, it's hinted that he's going to become a Blue Lantern, which they're powered by hope and um, and good. <clears throat> so it's just it was it's a very powerful and emotional series. So if you want to have your heart stepped on and torn <laughs> to pieces, definitely check it out. But yeah, the fact that he John Carlo Volpe is now over on the crew for star for season two, it makes me nervous as to what emotional storylines we can expect <laughs> coming, moving forward. And they're definitely getting some stuff moving into play. So especially between um, star and her best friend on earth, Marco. So we'll really see where that heads off into. That would be exciting. <laughs> yeah. Those shows sound great. It's, um, it's kind of a shame. I mean, maybe it's just the circles I run in, but mm-hmm. don't hear people talking about them as much. Um, no, I think people still kind of have this write-off of Disney television animation. Right. I'll be um, honest, I was still, like, kind of really surprised and relieved that Wanda got a second season at all. Me too. Yeah, it's not their most popular one. I'd say their most popular one right now since Phineas and Ferb is done. Mm. Um, is probably Gravity Falls that has a yeah, pretty has heavy fan base. Yeah, yeah, that's their most popular one now. Um, and then Stars definitely got quite a bit of popular. I'd say Wander Over Yonder is one of the lesser popular ones. It still has definitely has a a big enough base to where it had its own panel at San Diego Comic Con this past summer. Um, and it wasn't combined with other shows for a panel, which right. is good. Uh, but it's definitely not. A, not something a lot of people are acutely aware of as a series and they should be aware of it because it's a really mm. great piece of animation yeah I was talking great... to someone the other day who's like a big mm-hmm. Craig McCracken guy and they were saying mm-hmm. they reckon it's one of the best things he's ever done um, yeah. so that's really made me want to go back and check it, yeah. check it out because I, what it's... I saw I really enjoyed mm-hmm. I, actually it's kind of tricky because in the UK like, there is only one package through which you can get the Disney Channel. Oh, yeah, same here. And also, <laughs> like, so, um, and also on, uh, um, Wonder Over Yonder doesn't seem as easy to find online. Like, you can't, I don't think you can buy it legally. Maybe through iTunes, but I, I don't know if it's the same Perhaps. in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Really? There you go. Is it? This is this. <laughs> this. <laughs> ah, Star Wars um, Rebels. That's my other favorite. Oh my gosh! Sorry. Is, is <laughs> it HD, Chris? Is it HD? Mm-hmm. Wicked. Okay. Because one of Right. Yeah. They, I mean, I think the Disney shows look amazing. They look gorgeous. Well, they they look gorgeous because I think they're investing more in them. Because you look back and 
the la early millennium Kim Possible was the last big animated series and there wasn't really an animated series on Disney Channel for a while because they focused on their live action shows. And then in about 2007 Phineas and Ferb came along and if it wasn't for Phineas and Ferb and the huge success of that series, I don't think Disney Channel would have refocused efforts on animated series for their um TV branch. Because oh, really? Phineas, Phineas and Ferb was wildly successful. It became a tentpole franchise for a while. I mean, you had um, huge merchandising for it all over the world. Uh, they, they had their own dance show at Disney's California Adventure <laughs> and everything, which, yes, I totally went and saw. Um, <laughs> um, and then they, uh, had their, they had their own touring show production Um just it 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 was a really big deal, especially in its peak. So and it it really opened up the door for a lot of these other shows to come in, like uh, Gravity Falls and Star and Wander, because Disney took the risk on Phineas Ferb. I think they shopped that show around actually for I think thirteen years before someone bit. Yeah, they really they were working on other series for um, both those creators, Dan and Swampy, for a long time, and they just never gave up on that show and finally um disney bought it and a great decision for them too because it's still popular even though it's finished its run but yeah if it wasn't for that and disney taking that risk and profiting hugely off that risk i don't think they would have taken the chance with gravity falls and star and all these other series that have come up now and stuff yeah Right. Uh, not not like you know animation. I find no. worth watching. <laughs> As I under well, there is that new show. Oh. Um, there are a couple new shows on there. There was Harpy Peaks started, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then there was a one that started like maybe I don't know, um, maybe this month. I um, don't know. It had a crazy name, like a really. Pig banana boat what? cat something. <laughs> pig banana cat, pig cat. What? Pig. I'm going to keep running through all the animals, if that's okay, <laughs> until I reach the, what is, no, but, um, uh, but I, I, so, okay, if, if Cartoon Brew is like a good place to go. To find, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so gosh. I, yeah, okay, you get it when I sigh before I met it. Because they're a good place to go, like when you want some news, but Lord, they are some neggy types, you know. <laughs> when they when they have a when they have a chip on their shoulder about something, they come down hard. They do. They don't hold yeah. back. I've read some some of their articles. I've read have just been infuriating to me. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, they had a yeah. bit like uh, maybe a week ago. Where they were talking about how Harvey Beaks got like shafted by, by Nick because they were showing SpongeBob, I guess, or something. <laughs> they will never let go of SpongeBob. I swear. <laughs> I oh. can't. Bl- I can't blame them. It's you know, it's a oh, it's huge worldwide phenomenon. Worldwide, like, um, yeah. But but it's a merchandising thing as well. There are people in Asia who've never seen the show but love their SpongeBob backpack. 
You know, I, I feel uh, like I feel like that's one of the main reasons it's still on the air because it's not necessarily yeah. good anymore. I mean, you look at classic SpongeBob, and that was like that was right. good stuff. I mean, I mean, like especially the Bubble Bowl episode and everything. Well, kids with still watch it, like the movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the new movie this year. I heard that talking... was decent. Yeah, Did I it? heard that was decent. I heard so too. My cousins were telling me about that yesterday. My yeah, three, my three-year-old cousin was raving about it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. Uh, um, the, well, if you think about these, these Nickelodeon, I guess the biggest thing right now since mm-hmm. Legend of Korra is done, and they pretty much they shafted that one when they moved it online only. Um, but uh, the, the biggest thing they have now is their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Yeah. That it's like it's like uh, it's it's Western CG animation, but with anime influence. And oh, so, um, I, saw, I saw a couple of them. I quite liked it. Like what? Yeah, I, I like the idea. I'm not sure if I loved like the writing and everything, but the visually, like the kind of it worked. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Yeah, look, it worked. It's you know. it's it's a it's a unique take on the franchise. So, yeah. I, I think it's it's really weird what Nick did with like I think I was talking to Rachel about this but you know with Cora the fans were there and they were ready to like the show and everything mm-hmm. Nick didn't want all the fans for some reason yes. it's pretty much yeah like, <laughs> that's well, how it happens a lot like I mean Cora was like the fan base was too old and stuff and everything. And then with uh, Green Lantern, the fan base was too many women, not enough boys, according to Cartoon Network. So that's why they didn't, that's part of why they didn't merchandise the show ever. Um, Yeah, it's like, it's kind of weird when these studios realize that these shows are not hitting the demographic they originally intended rather than adapting and. Um, working towards that demographic a lot, I mean, they I, tend from, from they what tend I've to... seen for merchandising. Can't yeah. understand that. I think I was in a comic shop once, mm-hmm. and a kid who loved Adventure Time had his mom try and find an Adventure Time T-shirt in a comic shop, and mm-hmm. she couldn't find a kid's size. <laughs> 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 and you know that kind of says it all. You know, okay, yeah. the fan, you know the. The, the people who are spending money on the franchise are not 10-year-olds. No. And, it's, and, and it, might not even, it might not even be their their parents. It's like 24-year-old college kids who... Exactly. You know, probably don't well, pay and you look, work. Well, and you look at the same thing with, like, that um, My Little Pony and how that right. demographic turned out and stuff. And, like, you see the merchandise they're coming out with that. I mean, I've seen... Beer glasses, for goodness sake. <laughs> Everything like 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 pint glasses and stuff with my little pony on them and I'm just like, Well <laughs> no kids are gonna be buying that. <laughs> the I hope they're not. Once they go a bit kinkier with that merchandise. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh. oh I know. Do you <laughs> Oh it's true. It's a very interesting phenomenon. Like, just, 
I mean, like, I personally, like, I personally enjoy the show, but I just can't stand the fan base that, like, the, the brony fan base. I mean, I just, I steer clear of that. It's an, ex- yeah. I think it's an extension of a lot of things in animation. I don't know. I think, I think the people who are into that were probably the sorts who were, like, really into lions at one point as well. Like, the, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, uh, furry. Oh, oh okay. I guess I, yeah, yeah. I guess I am. Yeah. But I always, just... I always associate it with like, I always associate it with um, people like saying, "Here's my character," and it was like Simba, but they were green and it had like a strangely shaped mane. What? You know? mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, did yeah. you guys you guys saw the documentary i'm sure the brony con documentary yeah uh, no i didn't watch that i know i know oh, it's it awesome. it, but i haven't watched it oh it's what awesome. it's <laughs> awesome it's great i mean it's a great documentary i totally dug it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it's i didn't know that it was a thing until i saw the documentary i was like what yeah it it's not the so... one where, like, it begins and, like, mm. it's this kid, and they interview his mom. Is mm-hmm. that, is, is that, like, it's, yeah, and it's, like, um, I don't know, I turned it off. Netflix has got my information <laughs> on that. I turned it off after 10 minutes. Uh, are there yeah, really? there are. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I... <laughs> They don't need more attention. <laughs> I find that stuff fascinating, but I guess I, I mean, think it's I... fascinating too. I think there's yeah. um, there might actually be something almost inherent in animation mm-hmm. that is related to it. I don't know. It's it's kind of like a half baked theory, but you know, it. I don't know. Maybe it began with Robin Hood. Maybe it began way before then. Who knows? Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Well, I have to say, though, I mean, what, what about, like, some of the, oh, what about the, well, Bambi's fresh in my mind, because I just saw Bambi, but okay, stay with me. Um, Bambi. Hey, whoa, Yvonne, are we doing animation crushes? Animation animal crushes? No, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is something that I was thinking about when I was watching Bambi, when there, do you remember that scene? I know it's, there's the scene where they all sort of get girlfriends, and they're, um, uh, and Thumper's female mate that he meets initially, they totally turn her into like this little like she looks like a pinup kind of. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, like, but I mean, but she's she has kinda... like an S curve like pose. Yes, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I, that's not that hard to do. I mean, yeah, there's something. I don't know. I don't. 
know how to describe it other than that. It's like some <laughs> kind of uncanny valley. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's interesting. You know? <laughs> with, um, yeah. That's going to be a whole other discussion for us, maybe, I think. Right. <laughs> I sounds... don't really see that so much with My Little Pony, but definitely, you know, some of the cute little... Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I don't even I don't know the words. It, I think it was like it was sold to my generation as Lola Bunny. No one. <laughs> it was just I don't know, way over the mm. top. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. <laughs> that did. Send your luscious bunny po- bunny yeah. images to <laughs> No. <laughs> um. No. Well. No. I watched. Uh. So I just had a week off. So, I've. Uh. You know. Uh. I didn't draw. It was really weird. I was. I was not into doing anything. Um. But I caught up a little bit on BoJack Horseman. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been watching that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. It's great. <laughs> Me too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm. I'm at the last episode of season one. Yeah, oh, I think nice. I'm probably close to that. Really, yeah. because I think as I as I mentioned like in a previous episode, I watched the first couple and I wasn't taken with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think what might have ha- what must have happened is just they made those first couple first. And then once they were into the character a bit more, once they were into the series a bit more, it kind of opened up a bit and it's excellent. It's, it's yeah. really funny. And, um, you know, uh, it's, it's an interesting series and mm-hmm. the characters are pretty real as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, the relationship between, um, the sort of like semi love triangle thing happening between Mr. Peanut Butter. Oh um, <laughs> uh, my goodness, Diane. 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 <laughs> Diane is is really funny. Like I don't know. I love Paul F. Tompkins anyway, but mm-hmm. his um his performance is is really funny. And I also I loved like when they showed Diane's family. She was just like yeah. rolling her eyes the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was um, uh. it was good. Yeah, I um I really enjoyed it. Um, and apart from that, I watched, so like film four in the UK is, um, is a great film channel and around any sort of holiday time, they get out the Ghibli movies, Ghibli season. (laughs) And I watched, um, I watched the cat returns. Yeah. Um, oh my God. I just realized there's not going to be a bloody episode that goes by where I'm not going to watch Ghibli, but there you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I do not. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, the box set. Anyway, um, Cat Returns is like a sort of stranger, uh, like smaller movie, you know, but I think it's great fun. It reminds me of, um, in the 70s, uh, like Miyazaki and Takahata worked on uh, movies that a company called Toei Doga and they basically made like quite cartoony movies for kids. They made one called Animal Treasure Island 
which is amazing fun. Um, and one like like they did an adaptation of Puss in Boots. Anyway, so I watching Cat Returns, I was kind of reminded of of those movies where it's like it's a bit of fun, you know, it's not too serious, but I think it, it was it was good. But apart from that, I haven't really. Um, yeah, so, so my point was basically, I think Cat Returns is worth revisiting. It's even if you don't think it's the strongest movie, it's very good at, at doing what it does. Um, and the character, the main character, is just really well um, depicted. I think she has a good um, a good resolution. Um. Yeah, maybe not the Goro Miyazaki ones. I could take a lead then. Roger Ebert had the mm-hmm. best uh, review of that. He said, it's like weak tea. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's it. I'm. He's described it for me. I like it too, but I prefer <laughs> Whisper of the Heart, which is what it's trying to do. Yeah. Hmm. That's fantastic. It's pr- it's probably not Disney. It's probably yeah. yeah. <clears throat> that's that's excellent. The more people will see that movie, the better, and I think it will do really well. Um, and people will respond to it because. The only, I think the only reason it wasn't picked up is because there is a very short scene in which, um, girls talk about, um, you know, the, the, the young girls talk about like periods, like really, really quickly and very euphemistically. But it was too much for <laughs> Disney, I think. Mm. They stayed away. <laughs> Um, apparently apparently so yeah but anyway that, yeah that's a great movie and um, the more people get to see that that's a <laughs> it's messed up Well, that's probably Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Or, or don't don't spoil the magic trick. Don't don't show people too much. Don't let people behind the curtain. I think. That's obnoxious. I mean, because it's not like, I mean, as far as peeking behind the curtain is concerned, it's not all that difficult with their, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Like, the internet mm-hmm. is pretty it's limited. I mean, makes sense of it because it is irrational and really, um, yeah. it's quite a contemptuous way to treat 
Yes. And stuff, you know, it's, yeah. um, the employees are just cogs in the wheel. <laughs> and, and the other thing is as well, if your life has been Bojack Horseman, if you've been working on it and your mm-hmm. life has been Bojack Horseman for a year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't yeah. have any other work to show to get a job. Exactly. You need to get your showreel or your, you know, or your design work out there mm-hmm. see so they know, okay, this person worked on Project Horseman, I like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, it's, exactly. It's pretty much, you know, like a, it's just their right as a... Yeah, it's a matter just, of respect. Yeah. Really. I This is, I mean, this has happened before in certain situations. And most of the time, it's just ignorance. It's I, when I've heard it happening. It's just like producers not understanding that right. people make a living off, you know, portfolios. Really, mm-hmm. yeah. It's that classic disconnect between higher ups and production. <laughs> it's like you know, I haven't heard about that. That's uh, that's really bad. I mean, I would hope that people just you know sort of say screw it and screw you. I know my rights and. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's true. But I mean, like even you know, um, Pixar and Disney artists now. Like as soon as Big Hero Six was out, all the all the artwork that wasn't in the Artful book, artists were posting on their Tumblr sites. And mm-hmm. as long as it had the Disney um, right logo at the bottom. And the you know the copyright symbol, I think they were okay doing that. So if Disney can do that, why can't exactly you know mm-hmm. if Disney, if the biggest media empire in the world are, are happy for their small cogs to do that, then why does um, Project Horseman's production company have? Yeah, that's obnoxious. <laughs> 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 right, because they need to protect that. That's not something you need to protect, really. Jesus. Support independent short film. No. <laughs> oh, that's just messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a dream I hope will come true You're here with me And I'm here with you I wish that the earth See the sky up above Will send me someone to love
About lava? Oh, I thought it wasn't their best, but it wasn't terrible. It was cute. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I liked it. I, I thought it was kind of, it had its little heart-wrenching moment. And Yes. I don't, I don't know. I was I was definitely, I thought the main volcano was very, had an appeal and a charm. But, but um, I mean, it definitely had a different look. But uh, I don't know. I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe yeah. Almost, it. yeah. Yeah, that was my that was my biggest problem with it. Yeah, that, that was my biggest yep. problem with it. Really, was the fact that come on after I look I and and the, and the problem I think is is that Pixar sets such a high bar for themselves <laughs> that when they That's do true. anything less than excellent, it's really easy to like go oh, well. This is you know subpar. <laughs> But, okay, so the thing that the film does well is that it is kind of pretty, like, you know, the sense of scale is is quite cool. Like, at the start, yeah. there are, you know, there are um, nice effects and things. I mean, for me, that's kind of where the affection ends. Because, like, as you're saying, Chris, what's the point of watching it? Because the song's telling me everything. <laughs> he was sad, and then he wasn't there, and then he went underwater, and then he came up again. It's like I know I'm watching it. I know. <laughs> I know. That was really sad. Yeah, I thought it was sad too. Um, and I was like, no. I thought he might be extinguished and yes, never have anyone lava him. I know. I'm like, you're gonna make me cry before the movie. Exactly. No, I thought so too. <laughs> I don't know. I I want Pixar. Look. People are going to watch these shorts no matter what. So when they do something that's like a day and night or a La Luna, mm. that's something important. We pressed it. Yes. Yeah. And not just like the same bloody story they've been telling where it's like there's a guy thing who feels sad because he hasn't got a thing with eyelashes next to him. Um, yeah, day and night. Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I'm with you 100%. I agree. So, so I knew it was going to be That's fine. Okay, you can tell the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my problem. Well, it wasn't a volcano. It was like a weird, like, whittled doll thing. It wasn't like the volcano. Uh, so the thing that was meant to be the guy volcano was a volcano with a face. And then the female <laughs> was like a thing with like like a you know um a, uh like a Hawaiian honey you know flowing locks and you know um you know it wasn't it didn't look like a volcano it looked like a I didn't know how to feel about it you know like maybe if it was slightly 
I don't know, not too similar to the first volcano, but not just such a. I don't know. I did. I'm sorry. I didn't uh, believe that the chubby guy could get with her. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, hilarious. That's. <laughs> well, I saw. That's why I'm sorry for her. And hey, girl, you don't have to settle for him. Well, actually, when I was <laughs> online, I'm I'm trying to find it. I actually saw something where it actually looks like it's actually inspired by this um, Hawaiian couple and everything. Um, I forget their names, but the guy okay. is really big, and the woman they they look like the volcanoes. And I I'm not yeah. sure if the volcanoes were actually modeled after them or if the story was inspired by them. My friend, um, I want to think so. Yeah, my friend mm-hmm. was telling me that it's based on the guy who, and now I'm probably going to get this completely wrong, and it's third-hand information, but apparently it's based on the guy who, for all intents and purposes, brought um, ukulele culture to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's very based around the song, and the song is a big part of it. And right. They- Maybe that's the guy who it's based upon, perhaps? Huh. Maybe. Oh, I think it's, uh, oh, I can't even, I can't even, um, I can't even pronounce his name. It's, um, okay. His name, the guy, I think they based it off the guy who sang the Hawaiian version of Over the Rainbow. Have you guys heard that one? Hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. Um. So his name is Israel, and then it's this really long last name. Um, forgive me, I'm totally gonna botch this. Kamaka Wiwoli. Um, but they his name's is, and I think that is what who is the um the bigger volcano. Okay, because he is he is this um this pretty big guy, and I think he did um marry this small this you know a woman that looked like the um, female volcano and I think that's what it is is that this homage to this guy because he was a huge supporter of Hawaiian rights and everything uh, Hawaiian independence really? and everything yeah see so. I mean be that as it may mm-hmm. um, you know representation of different cultures is great but right. you shouldn't have to read a Wikipedia article to like appreciate a Pixar short. Exactly. <laughs> I think you know, that's kind of the um the the problem for me. It's fine. It's it's you mm-hmm. know it's it reminded me. It's probably exactly in the same tier for me as um, partly cloudy. Mm-hmm. That that short that came with up, where right. it's like it's fine. It's let's watch the movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was cute. No, it's. it's I cracked up. up. I cracked up. <laughs> Come on, don't, that's that's Ardman's territory. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I would. I I do have to say, I, I what you said about having the shorts kind of pushed more, like day and night. You know, I I could see that. I mean, I definitely. Well, day and night's not perfect, but it's. But it's kind of pushed, though. It's it's more experimental. 
Well, I think I'm, that's what we like about the Pixar shorts is that yeah. they tend to be more experimental and they tend to push the envelope more. Although lately I haven't been right. very impressed lately, by their shorts. Like, I think um, Disney well, is doing that job. Disney's doing better because the Beast was fantastic, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then you had um Even though it was Paper the same Man. Story. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Paper Man's just brilliant. And then, did they have one before Frozen? I can't remember. It was Get a Horse. Oh, yeah, Get a Horse. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, That's yeah. right, 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 right. That, was, that one was really good because it combined the CG with the mm-hmm. animation style of the past. So it was like melding of past and present yeah. in this really unique and fun way. And in actual fact, um, Wow, I just completely blanked there. I'm sorry. That's a, a computer. No, in actual fact, um, a friend of mine who went to Annecy um, got a pre. Got, well, saw the whole thing and got a preview of Sanjay Super Team. Which oh, is, nice. Oh, yeah. Which is um, right. the short that's coming out with The Good Dinosaur. Right. Mm. Yep. And I heard that that is excellent. And that's it's good. something different. And it's, you know, it's probably going to salve the wound that lava has opened. Yes. (laughs) It's not not that lava's bad. It's just, it's not the quality you expect. It's not that it's bad. It's just like, come on, next to Inside Out as well. Yeah. It's like, come on, guys, we know you can do better. Mm. Yeah. I'm joy. This is sadness. That's anger. What? This is disgust. Uh, and that's fear. Ah! We're Riley's emotions. <laughs> These are Riley's memories. They're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. I wanted to maybe hold one. What happened? Sadness. She did something to the memory. Is everything okay? I don't know. Take it back, Joy. Great. Joy, no. Let's Wait. Go. The core memories. Ah! No, 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 no. Ah! Yeah, I I actually got lucky because I saw it before it was even released. Um, I went and saw it at this uh, Disney Infinity event. Uh, yeah, I um, I got into their event at the El Capitan Theater actually in uh, Hollywood. So I saw it full five days before it came out, which was really cool and everything. It was really hard to keep my mouth shut <laughs> um, <laughs> afterwards, but... I remember just being completely blown away and like everyone in the theater was just completely blown away by the movie and everything and just the emotional depth of the movie. Cause I mean, it, this, this concept, it's pretty easy to make it campy and silly and everything. And while they did have some fun with it and everything, they definitely really explored um, what it means to grow up and what it means to have your whole life uprooted and, move to a completely different area that you don't know 
and you're not familiar with. And for an 11 year old too, who's in this huge stage of change anyways, that's a huge deal. So it was very interesting how they illustrated um, her emotional uh, journey during that change and everything. And I think the huge take home message of that sometimes you have to work through your sadness and to, in order to find the joy or um, to get back to the joy and that you can find joy in your sadness, I thought was huge, especially for kids to see. Yeah, I, definitely. You know, I have yeah. to say one thing though about it and that's, um, and I don't, I, I mean, I don't know how this could have possibly worked, but you know, I loved what they did, um, sort of recreating the structure of the mind and all that it was really fascinating, really interesting. It seemed like obviously a lot of research and stuff was done, but yeah. you know, they t- sort of touched on mental illness a little mm-hmm. and I almost wish they could have found a way to push that further because, and again, like, I'm not sure how that it would have been a different story, yeah. you know, but the I, thing uh, is, yeah. They're so I, good at going to the sad places that I feel mm-hmm. like they could have done it. And I, I'm what I really wish is I had, I wish that's what I, that's a question I would like to ask, you know, is like what happened in the story room on the subject of mental illness and, and how far I wonder, was it going to be pushed at certain points? Well, well I've where heard in, of like, where in the movie did you think they, they came close to it? Well, when, well, happiness was happiness and sadness were not part of her. Were not in headquarters, for one. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So I think when those two emotions were not yeah. accessible to her, and that's huge. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then all of those islands were slowly collapsing around her. I mean, they had there was an opportunity there for not just, and they didn't. You know, they could have made it into much more silly thing, like you 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 just mentioned that Jill, like. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been silly, like, oh, now she's yeah. depressed, you know. But no, they 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 did make her very kind of sad and desperate, you know. But I feel like <laughs> if anyone could have done a good job of pushing that even further and making it more of a commentary about mental illness, I think they could have. I'm not sure how, and it would have been really tricky. And like I said, my question is really, you know, I wonder – what happened in the story room. <laughs> it's, you know? it's interesting. Years of, of story, you know, cause they spent years. Right. Story. Right. And this one was definitely in development for years. And when you, mm-hmm. when you think about it too, like with, um, with the mental illness, I mean, the movie's already very sad for a kid's movie. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard peer, parents saying that their kids, like some of their kids didn't even really like it as much because <laughs> it was too sad. For them, I mean, and it is. It goes into some yeah. really, really sad, depressing territory. But I think um, if you were going to look at it from a mental illness perspective, you could say it kind of illust- it illustrates a, a mild form of depression, um, mm-hmm. especially when that control panel is shifting from where they can actually do things to where it shifts to the kind of this gray state and everything right. just before joy and exactly. sadness come back. And, that was perfect. Exactly. That was yeah. scary, exactly. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I was, exactly. like, I was like, oh, goodness, she's really, she's going, slipping further into her depression and everything. And right. like when you're depressed, you're numb. You don't feel anything. And that was right. really, I think, a really great visualization of I mean, that. Or, or mm. psychopathy. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is because, you know, that's a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a count, there's a genetic 
component to that. It's amazing, right. isn't it? That like we're meant to be talking about an animated movie, but it's yeah. it's such an amazing film that it's actually like you know making us ask these questions of it. Mm-hmm. And great exactly. movies do that. I think, incidentally, I think that um, I don't think it's a movie about mental illness. No, it's more. It's it's because, definitely a movie more about change and growth. And, and, I, right. and, and right. as you're saying, Yvonne, like what happened in the story room, I think they had some very definite conversations about what they're going to try and what they were going to try and do with it. Yeah. And I think the brand of sadness in the movie. I mean, apart from, I mean, you know. The, the the control panel freezing up mm-hmm. was uh, eerily just beautiful because it, it you know it was a metaphor for something which mm-hmm. you know you can't really describe. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I think that the particular brand of sadness in the movie is something a little bit more universal, perhaps. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. even though it's not even though depression itself isn't universal it's different for everyone and I think you know I mean I don't want to speak for anyone at Pixar or who made the movie I think you wouldn't want to say this is what depression is because it's different for everyone but you can say I think you do have the authority to say this is what is sad. This is what sadness is. Right. This is what makes us feel sad. This is how it feels to be sad. Well, mm-hmm. except that they did. They already took care of that by making those customizable islands that would be that would be different for whoever's 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 headquarters oh, you were in. Mm-hmm. So, Actually, like Family I... Island, you know, soccer or no, what was it? Okay. It was Hockey, Hockey Island. Island. You know, like all of these Honestly different, Island. you know, so all of that was, was, uh, would change, right? P- depending mm-hmm. on the person. Maybe I projected myself too much in it. Cause every time Hockey Island was there, I just saw like, uh, pencils and, you know, I wasn't, yeah, I was thinking about like what my Hockey Island was. <laughs> yeah. The island is just like a big pencil pot and paper. So. <laughs> So actually, that's interesting because how I read the movie was that they were trying to, you know, doing that thing of if we get really, really specific, it will become more universal. If it's about mm-hmm. a girl, like they very purposefully say, you know, she is, and I don't think Pixar's ever done this before, like actually operated in the real world. They, mm. they tell me she's from, uh, is it Minnesota? That's, yeah, Minnesota. Right, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, they say she's from Minnesota, and then that like really cements her as someone who, weirdly enough, is a bit easier to I don't know maybe project your own uh, experiences on. Perhaps it's it's uh, yeah, it's quite hard to explain. I think that's probably what's so great about the movie is that everything that's hard to explain, <laughs> it just shows. No, unlike lava, it's just like <laughs> it. Well, it doesn't. It, uh, it understands. You know, one thing I thought when I was watching the movie was, okay, this is a movie that loves movies because all of the language is 
you know, is borrowing from over a hundred years of movies. You know, the whole kind of the idea of memories being projected mm-hmm. and being experienced. You know, the um, uh, the characters like kind of watch it like a movie screen. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah, that crap. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, and the unicorn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene what about that? What about that crazy? Oh, it's so gut wrenching. That that place where memories die or or are lost forever. Which actually, I guess, technically doesn't really happen. They just discovered. But um, <laughs> you have access to memories that they they thought were maybe shuffled to the point that they were lost forever. But anyway, um, you know, when the imaginary friend sort of starts disappearing and all those um, memories slowly degrade until they're just gray balls that um, that disappear into you know, the ether or whatever. Do you remember that moment? That was really gut wrenching. Mm-hmm. Do I remember that moment? It's like it's it's, it's with me. Don't worry, it your is. mom. That's... Exactly. <laughs> I remember it too. I feel it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good scene. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's the same sort of character moment of like acceptance of um, right mortality. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. get the expanded control panel at the end and the mm-hmm. islands have gotten more <laughs> complex and the memories have gotten more complex are no longer single emotion but multi-emotion totally. and everything and it, it's yeah. just a sign that she's grown and she's journeying like forward and everything and is becoming a more mature version of herself a more complex version of herself Right. And that's exactly what I was going to bring up. And that's what happens when you get older. You get a sense mm-hmm. of perspective and you're sort of like right. calm, calm the hell down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah. But also it, they, there's the, you know, there's a funny implication with the parents where <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the oh, skills God. of particular um, 
thousand people people pick up the list. I don't think it's such a big deal, but it's still purposefully there. Is that different emotions are at the um, control panel? Yeah, like are running the control panel for the mum and the dad, and for the dad, yeah. I think it's anger, mm-hmm. and for the mum, I think it's sadness. And I've right. I've seen some like you know stupid knee jerk <laughs> things saying Pixar is saying that women are run by <laughs> the sadness and. No, no, See, but, they're not saying that. I think they're just saying it works. This is what this, yeah. Or it was purposely there. Well, it could either work for that moment or it could be just um, based on their past experiences and stuff. That's the emotion for them that is right. kind of the team leader. It could be different for each person and everything, or it could be based sure. on the moment. So, sure. that's I mean, true. I'm sorry to say, it certainly fit the mom who was always daydreaming about this much better life she had when she was like in her twenties and <laughs> in South America. Oh, so funny. <laughs> what was that about? So funny. <laughs> yeah. But then he comes into play again in the credits a bit, right? With some other, yeah, like with, the, with the teacher, team. with the elementary school yeah. teacher. <laughs> Someone who took the same trip. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's going, she's going, dream for She's going down to see him and everything. Yeah, well, he's just very charismatic. That's his day job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he keeps like, mm-hmm. in his plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> someone, t- no. I, I, someone said that to me. Um, someone who I went to see with me after we left the cinema and uh incidentally you know they're not a round person at all but they they said oh how come that was the thing and i thought i immediately thought of pete doctor and his like love of shapes and he did this mm-hmm. in up like every character mm-hmm. is characterized around their shape and i don't think sadness would be a, a bean shaped person or no. you know sadness is right. like a some sort of like self-reflecting almost cyclical like you know you could see the you know a, a yin and yang sort of symbol inside a circle and it sort of folds in on itself and kind of lumpy i think mm. it, uh, yeah sadness, it kind of, yeah sadness should be heavy though right what? isn't it supposed mm-hmm. to be heavy sadness is heavy well because right. sadness yeah. is heavy it feels heavy yeah. when you're sad mm-hmm Whereas yeah. you look at Joy yeah. and she's very light looking and everything, light right. and upbeat and like almost glo- she glows too and everything because oh, yeah, nice she's effect. radiant. That was cool. And apparently it took like a lot of work I, to I get thought, that effect. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it did. I have a friend who who said that um, she thought fear looked like an insect though. <laughs> well, he's like, he's very shaky though and everything. Yeah. And so he doesn't look steady. <laughs> exactly. And, and I, I, I kind of like that he wasn't straight. It's like very curvy, but and shaky yeah. and he, he like kind of represented that un- unsteadiness that uneasiness that comes with fear yeah i agree i agree yeah nice. <laughs> oh gosh yes <laughs> yeah. oh man just completely like very fashionable looking with a uh, expensive looking hairstyle and <laughs> everything and very balanced and with it and like just the attitude that just oozes out of her <laughs> And then you got anger, who looks like a block. Yeah, like a brick. Yeah, Yeah, which is good. The the group I went to see the movie with, like, afterwards, we were like, oh, what emotion are you? Who's at your um, control panel? Nobody wanted to stay disgust. 
And a few people said, a few people said, oh, I know someone who's that. Like, no one <laughs> wants to admit that they are <laughs> the disgust. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, like, the, the dying was just, the characters, perfect. It was like, right. I can't imagine them being anything different. Nope. And, and the animation as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The animate the animators were clearly last, like because, and I'm not sure how they did it with the because at Pixar they animate um this is a bit nerdy but they animate um shots per animator so what right. the traditional like Disney model is you'll have an animator per character but on right. a Pixar movie if you have two characters in a shot the animator will animate like Mike and Sully. Um, mm. so, but anyway, but there's every type of animation like happening just in the, in the, um, in the cast of the feelings inside Riley's head. Like, you know, um, fear is just really crazy Looney Tunes off the wall. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Like sadness is really subtle and happy well, she shuffles. really, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, everyone, it's also in their movement. Yeah, they move very differently. Yeah. And, then, and that's a huge important part of character animation, too. A, yeah, I was thinking earlier, it would be a really good exercise for students. Well, that's know, what they... To, um, that's how they... Um, well, if you remember Big Hero 6, one of the things they did when they were exploring those characters is the head animator had... Um, I think it was Zach Parrish was the head animator on that one, or at least oversaw character animation. I can't quite yeah, remember. Um, but yeah. um, he was telling everyone in this presentation he did that in their character exploration phase, he had the character animators go out and animate a walk cycle for each character, basically telling yeah. them, describe the character through their movement. And they come back with like all these different movements that you can tell exactly which character it is, even though it's just a bounce, it's a ball that's moving in a certain way and everything. Yeah, so it, yeah. I mean, that's a huge important aspect when you're designing and coming up with these characters. Is um, It works um, so. It works so well in Inside Out. There's, I mean, it's just like a, I'm, I don't want to call it like a well-oiled machine because that, I think it's something much more organic than that, but it's just like, um, yeah, like it's it's paced amazingly. It's I you don't think I didn't think about the animation when I was watching it. I was just thinking <laughs> this is really funny. Yeah. Um and I actually I instantly like for the talk of it being a really sad movie, I laughed a lot. Yeah. It yeah. Me that classic Pixar like sense of humor where it was just it it and it didn't feel like it it was amazing. It didn't feel like it was unwelcome or too much at any point. It was just like funny in an unexpected but welcome way yeah I was laughing a the, lot. there was only one part that i kind of was like uh, <laughs> in the mm. story and that's um i mean i loved the imaginary boyfriend that was so funny right oh like, my gosh i, I was sad we didn't see him die i was sad I that we didn't, we didn't see him fall <laughs> you know the that's stat- one no. thing yeah there's that and i think I didn't really, it wasn't my favorite um, solution, the way they used him as a device to, like, get her over and then using anger as the... um, 
right. sort of glass cutter. I thought that was mm-hmm. a little bit lame. <laughs> I sort of wish, yeah, that there would have, and again, like, I don't have an alternative solution, like, off the top of my head, for goodness sake, but, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, yeah, it would have been nice to see him, I don't know, <laughs> maybe do something, fall to, have some sort of, yeah, fall to his death or something, or all of mm-hmm. them, you know, like the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds yeah. of them. I get the feeling that they probably pitched that, but they were told it was a bit too dark. It's yeah. really yeah. weird. <laughs> it's, it, is a, it is like a weird moment, by the way. You're yeah. talking about it like it's the most, but it's like this, it's a weird thing to happen in itself. Mm-hmm. I was surprised they did it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, yeah, that was great. <laughs> But yeah, that was the only part where I was kind of like, mm, okay, whatever. <laughs> Moving mm-hmm. on, yeah. It, but it was, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Right. I mean, if we're talking about, okay, whatever moments, it's not a moment, but I'm okay. And this sounds really damning because it's an amazing movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm okay. I, I'm not going to rush out to get the art of book. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is the design is really functional. To the point where it's not like the sort of visuals where you get lost. The movie is just very functional, I think, with its visuals. Yeah, although I have to say the concept, I saw the book. Yeah. At, um, <laughs> I, mm. And a lot of it is Ralph Eggleston. Um, okay, concept, well, I will concept, watch after it then. The concept art is awesome, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> just for that alone. Like, yeah, I'm sure. it's sort of, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, I mean, in every presentation that you see um, in studios that do, you know, uh, CG films, yeah, the concept art's generally like so different, you know, expressive and stuff. So that's kind of what you get, just like a little FYI, because I flipped through it and thought, geez, this is incredible <laughs> but i understand what you're saying for sure yeah i mean w- w- i think what i mean by that is like you think of like finding nemo you just wanted to be under the sea mm, you yeah, wanted to be with yeah. them like swimming through those corals and in monsters inc you just want to be in that like big door room and you know mm-hmm. um, you, uh, and i didn't really want to it was quite <laughs> <laughs> No. That's funny. <laughs> hey, they they made it their home for like twenty plus years. I think right. they're, they're allowed to uh, jokingly rib it a bit. They probably <laughs> brought them enough money, but yeah, gentle ribbing in one of their, you know, movies is probably going to go down okay. <laughs> Broccoli pizza. Oh gosh. Ugh. <laughs> I wasn't on board with the trade, and I, it's, I don't care, because they were making a good movie that worked. I think it's a really hard thing to, it's such a unique film. I wouldn't know how to put it in a trailer. After I've, now I've seen it, it's hard to get that same, like, cause it's, it's, it's like, um, you have to just tune in to it. You know, it starts, it, it starts on a roller coaster. And then, you know, it just doesn't stop. Uh, and, 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 you know, you gotta keep up, I think. It's a, it's quite a talky movie, incidentally. I'm not sure if it, 
Now, I'm not sure if it actually is for all the family. I think it's for kids who are maybe nine, ten. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. imagine it really playing super well to kids younger than that. No. Okay. Oh, oh really? And 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 I mean, I'm interested because did they understand like what was happening to Riley? right okay (laughs) right yeah Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I, I tell you what, that is huh. one thing that the realistic parts of the movie, Riley's world, which is basically mm-hmm. our world, does amazingly. It's so beautifully observed, you know, um, from like the lighting at the bus station mm-hmm. is that perfect kind of sickly off white. Yeah. yeah. At those sorts of places. I've been places like that at that time of the morning and it's felt like that. And, um, right. You can almost smell it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's really, you know, that's obviously like done on purpose to evoke what the real world feels like us, feels like to us. Um, but yeah, like that was really impressive to me. And, and, and lots of things in those parts of the movie, um, were kind of like the camera, like kind of bobbed a bit, like there was a cameraman, Mm-hmm. holding the camera a bit um and that like contrast with the really wacky like animation inside Riley's head um that works so well oh yeah and what about the whole um abstract thinking i can't remember the exact sequence <laughs> right yeah. and they talk about <laughs> different mm-hmm. kinds of thought and um and how memories are created. I don't know. It was really, really cool, too. I like I that abstract. Yeah, I they push it that far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like the abstract thought um, animation sequence and everything. Yeah. That, was, that was gnarly. Oh, that was such a funny joke when fall uh, on your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So funny. Well, I like how they, when they even got, like, even further... And the furthest, and they were just shapes, but you could still tell who was who, mm-hmm. and everything yeah. just based on their shape. Mm. I thought that was cool. Mm. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. um, actually, I think uh, Pixar's like been uh, commended for this before, but the voice performances. Yeah, that they got out of everyone um, were amazing. Oh my gosh! I mean, yes, Amy Poehler is just perfect for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, is it, sorry, is her name Phyllis? Phyllis Smith. 
Phyllis Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah um, as uh, Sadness mm-hmm. was. She was. She knew how to get laughs out of like. You know, it's like it's like when you laugh at Eeyore. It's the same sort of like. Mm-hmm. Woe is me. That was just. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I. I think honestly, I probably laughed most at Sadness. Yeah. yeah, totally. But like the dynamic between uh, her and um, happiness was just—I'm <laughs> sorry, joy. Um, was why did I do that? Anyway, was um, was really cool. It was. Do you know what? It reminded me of Woody. Oh yeah, Woody and Buzz. You know, in, in in the first Toy Story movie, where Woody is this like really self-assured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a bit of a jerk. And Joy's um, kind of a jerk to sadness because she's she, working so. Yeah, she's not so much. A, she's not mm-hmm. so much. The thing is, she's she's not so much jealous. She just doesn't even begin to doesn't understand. Get it. Yeah. She doesn't comprehend her importance or why she's even there. Or what? Yeah, she doesn't want to value her. You know, she just considers her more of a nuisance than anything else. But they she does. Yeah, she spells it out in the narration. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what she does. Yeah, I don't know why she's here. Where you didn't, I didn't hate her ever mm-hmm. because I Mm-mm. because you know you know she's going to get her her comeuppance. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea how it was going to result, and I think it's one of the best endings Pixar has ever done. Yeah, it's gosh better than the ending of Toy Story three for me because it's. You know, it's, um, and I think Yvonne, like, we talked about this once. So, uh, looking at the Pixar movies as they are, they do great first acts. Mm-hmm. The setup, mm-hmm. to the, pre- the, the premise, it's like the setup, is they have no problem doing that. But when it comes to resolving things, they sort of have to go a little bit beyond the premise to come back to it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. the Wally, like everyone loves the little robot bumbling around the planet collecting right. trash. And then they have to go all the way into space to meet another whole civilization. And Jeff Garland's there, like just to go back to the planet. It's kind of strange. But what right. I loved about, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, Wally works. And it's, as I was saying before, it's only because Pixar set such a high bar for themselves that I'm probably even thinking this. But Inside Out has such a brilliant confidence in its own mm-hmm. premise. Mm-hmm. That there's is- also, yeah, I mean, there's also more of a continuity, too, though. I mean, there's something, and I don't know if that has to do with the pacing of the story or the editing or a combination of, of the two, but it definitely, like, Wally and Up both felt like there were almost movements in a musical piece, right? They really, It really felt like four separate... Yeah chunks almost four separate movies and then we've talked about this in an earlier podcast but um whereas this one had sort of threads right of all of that and then mm-hmm. right. sort of a reference itself would do like a self-referencing thing and then by the end you're just you're sold like you're <laughs> yeah you kind of want more you kind of like you know you, you could just yeah. it's like bring me the next you know, chapter in this story. Yeah. When, when it was resolving, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I've been watching a movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, here's the, and also, I realized, oh, here's the ending. I didn't know <laughs> right. this was coming. 
I mean, obviously, it does have, like, you could break it down into this is Act 1, this is Act 2. But the yeah. fact that the joins are invisible, I think, what we're saying yeah, is exactly. that that's, that's the impressive part where, you know, I think audiences just get smarter and smarter and you have to <laughs> catch up. And this is a movie which does... I mean, it loves the audience, right? It knows that mm-hmm. everyone's mm-hmm. used to watching movies and we know how movies work. So, you know, we can have fun with things like editing and, you know, uh, you were saying, Yvonne, just then, like, is it the editing? Is it the pacing? I think it's everything. Like, it, yeah. the movie is so, is, is such a great, um, organism in itself mm-hmm. that the editing and everything is so, you know, interlaced, um, uh, it just sort of like meshes together and I can't really think, you know, I can't really separate it from its, from its, you know, I can't separate it into its parts. Right. And, you know, for me, that's kind of what makes it amazing. I've only seen it once as well. Like, you know, once it gets the watching it a hundred times on DVD Pixar test, Mm -hmm. I think I'm just going (laughs) to love it even more. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, I know, yeah. I know what you mean, Chris. I think, um, I mean, I gotta be clear. <laughs> I wouldn't have the first bloody clue how to not, you know, go from Act One of Wally to Act Three of Wally as it is. Well, no, because yeah. you would just and, stay and, in Act One and make a really depressing movie, and, and in this case, <laughs> it would be someone who becomes a psychopath and does something really horrible, Precisely. and then and then gets committed, or <laughs> but, it would be but, really horrible. <laughs> But also, I think, like, you know, it's okay to criticize. You don't necessarily, we're not yeah. in the writer's room with them. You don't have right. to have a solution. I think it's okay to, like, you know, to say, you know, this wasn't, you know, maybe this could have been different without having a, a solution. You know, it's okay to say that. That I and, and I agree with you. There are parts of this movie and this might be really bad to say. I was reminded of Osmosis Jones. Hmm. In a few parts. Yeah, where, you know, I did, I did think about that one too. Yeah, where, you know, I, I felt, okay, so they're going to find some um, animated representation of what this sensation feels like. And sometimes they were a little bit, um, not not clunky, but maybe just a little bit too physical. Um, right. But, you know, it's such a minor problem <laughs> to have with an amazing movie that, yeah. it, it, you know, I don't, I don't need it to be, um, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with things being that way. <laughs> I love it. <that laughs> hmm. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Shield Maiden, or you can find me on Tumblr, Shield Maiden 5678. There you go. Yeah, and it was great talking with you guys. And stuff, but I nice have, one. Yeah, yeah, great talking to you. More packing to do. <laughs> Good luck with Thanks. that. Thanks. <laughs> Take care. Right. Talk to Talk you later. Soon. Bye. I we were talking about um, um, um like design and it not being um I don't know it, it being I, I as I put it kind of clunkily I said it's a little bit too physical which seems like a strange thing to say about a movie which is trying to make an abstract concept physical <laughs> <laughs> um so I think they did a great job uh, as it, as it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the cleanup crew. Right. Right. Yeah. It was a movie well, were, first. Yeah. First exactly. and foremost. Exactly. It was and and it didn't, you know, that's and you know, this is so when I watched the movie, it was like, okay, Pixar's back. Great. You know, because it felt classically, like, funny in the way that Pixar movies are. And I was worried for a time. I was thinking, you know, because I've seen Finding Nemo so much. You you kind of go, is this... <laughs> Unfortunately, you kind of go, is this funny? Is this still, like... Or, or do I just love this? What's the difference? And then you realize, okay, no. It's actually, they are just great writers and... They make funny movies. Um, I mean, I don't really feel quite... I mean, apart from the Cars movies, I don't really feel that Pixar ever really dropped the ball creatively. You know. It's those two movies. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. But people give Brave and Monsters University a hard time. No, I don't that's get not that. Fair. That's not. I don't get um, that at all. I think spiritually, even Monsters University shares something in common with Inside Out, and that is happier, yeah. being a smaller movie. The resolution, the, the the resolution of Inside Out, like spoilers, <laughs> if you haven't already, <laughs> uh, you know, gone this far. Um, is let's let, let's um yeah a little girl wants to be happy and not even not even necessarily be happy but just like understand herself and uh-huh. smile. I don't, yeah, I mean it's... I don't even know that she's even doing that. It's just a matter of right. it's about what happens in your brain and in your mind. 
and how we're each uniquely ourselves and also That's comprised true. of these physical separate things that are going on in the background. And it's also that argument of nature and nurture and what creates a person. That's the key word there as well, um, everyone. And I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this, but you said separate. Mm-hmm. And even though everything is happening in Riley's mind, she's not aware of Mm-mm. the existence of anything that's happening and, and you know she's not aware of joy or sadness right she just is um mm-hmm. that's incredible i do you know i can you think of a single movie you know apart from maybe like a magnolia perhaps <laughs> i don't know where <laughs> where where characters like are shown to have like to not even be aware of 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 other characters that they're sharing a movie with. Oh, that's very interesting. That's what I mean about it being a unique movie. It's uh, it just it does things which I don't think I've ever seen any other movie do before. Yeah, it's true. Maybe sci-fi. There must be sci-fi in Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, it's like that sure. kind of scenario, you know, where yeah, yeah, you can address subjects like this in an abstract way. But um, and, yeah, it's beautifully done for sure. <laughs> and I'm I'm so relieved that people have understood it. And I mean, I, that sounds really, you know, but I I mean it. I mean, you know, it's very easy to, you know, for the general populace, awful as they are, you know, to, 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 to not, to not like this movie and go, Oh God, is that it? it there wasn't a car chase. There wasn't uh uh, you know, the, what it's just making a, a, is the ending is a girl smiling and hugging her parents. What, you know, where's the, <laughs> where's the big Marvel act three battle, you know, and the fact that people understood that it's not about that. Right. I love yeah. Yeah, they've they've snuck a small movie uh, <laughs> inside of inside a big Pixar tentpole. Has it did it did it do well? I mean I I mean I've mm-hmm. excellent. Yeah, that's so encouraging. I I, I think it's because this is a good movie, and and uh, do you know what? If anything, I think that the fact that it is origi- an original movie is why people were interested. By by which I mean, you know, not not a sequel or based on existing uh, you know, property or, or story, because this is what Pixar used to do. They used to surprise you. Yeah. You know, and when you go and see Toy Story three, even unfortunately, you have an idea of what you're going to get. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I'm optimistic in that I think that people in general like crave good content and unique content and interesting content, and that mm. the um the problem is really about is the or the companies that run distribution. And, you know, and make the decisions about what's going to make money and what's not. And there's so many, that's the problem. And and that's why, you know, we touched on all this before and not to get off to the topic too much, but, um, you know, that's why like Netflix is doing well and 
you know, I don't know what's happening, you know, with, well, I think it's doing well. Netflix and Amazon are, are both have these sort of, I, you know, I, I don't know what the numbers are, or how successful they are with this, but it's almost like, you know, they're taking steps to sort of, for whatever reason, well, it's curious because the current, yeah, distribution kind of their business uh, model structures. Yeah. Their business model is old Hollywood business model where, okay, make this movie good so that enough people go and see it so we can make the next bunch. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. like their business model is making good stuff, which shouldn't right. be that surprising. But we've kind of gotten to the point, unfortunately, maybe where it is. I mean, also, you know... Because business controls everything now, especially in the United States. I mean, it's just so convoluted at this yeah. point. Business controls... You know, I mean, I'm getting way off topic now. It but... does, but I don't understand why, where it gets into movies. So, like, Pixar movies have this kind of... And this sounds really... Like, it, they have a kind of purity about them. Mm-hmm. Where they know that they're making something that is meant to last. Well, that's and because actually, yeah, they spend time on story. Well, they do, but there's nothing in Inside Out which is like going to date. I don't think terribly. Um, there's no, do you know what I mean? There, there's no like pop mm-hmm. culture references which are yeah. going to date badly, and you know, uh, every you know, lots of animated movies have this problem where I think the production staff are trying to make something that will last. And they're always fighting against some kind of system, which is like, I'll put in a song. You know, like, yeah. I love yeah. Despicable Me, but why the hell does it end with, like, a song and dance number? Mm-hmm. I don't... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I don't need that. And you're only harming your own movie by doing that. Um, yeah. And the thing yeah. that I loved about Inside Out is that I didn't feel, you know, like it had any contempt for me as an audience member. It <laughs> kind of just, it, it, you know, it did what great movies do and it respected. Yes. And it understood that we're going to be quick enough to get really quick jokes, and, you know? Yeah. It because was there a, wasn't, yeah, there wasn't some level of bureaucracy like deciding something yeah. should be dumbed down or, <laughs> or they're marketing something to someone or, yeah. It was just yeah. refreshing, wasn't it? Yeah, def- definitely. Yeah. Oh, was that Bobby Collin? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually I thought there was a moment where that like Totoro, uh, the clown. Yeah, yeah. It was the way it turned, the way it turned, and it like rolled over, and its leg came up. There, there, you know, there are little riffs on on Ghibli films, and there's a bit in Cars 
where um, there's this big like tar machine, and it breaks down like How's Moving Castle. You know when the chimneys sort of fall, and it goes. Like they do lots of they do lots of cool riffs like that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, like wow. I'm I wanna see it again already inside the house. <laughs> 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 there were only a handful of people in the theater I saw it in. I saw a later show, um, like in the middle of the week, in a kind of um, out of the way, like sort of swank. Actually, it was a theater where a lot of the do Tribeca Film Festival um, screenings. But um, yeah, it was like all adults, <laughs> just this handful of adults who stayed all the way to the end of the credits. <laughs> yeah. No Nick Fury for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well when i saw it i um i work at an animation studio so we're a bunch of animation nerds and like a group of um i think six of us maybe you know, a little bit more than maybe eight um sorry if i'm forgetting anyone <laughs> um went to go and see it um, on a op- opening day, six o'clock, uh, straight after work. And I think it was like, there were a couple of kids behind us, but we went and we saw it in 2D. So I think there was slightly less people there. Um, huh. Right. Mm, I think... <laughs> I think they uh I think it was shown in 3D but we we chose to watch in 2D. Um I so I was with these people from work and when Riley like th- there's that one shot towards the end where Riley's in her parents' arms and there's a super close up on her face like snuggling into like her parents' arms and she smiles and at that moment I shattered and I had to look away from the screen. Otherwise I was going to be bawling like around everyone from work. And I didn't want to be known as the crying guy, <laughs> even though I was, you know, sneakily crying throughout the whole thing. Um, yeah. I mean, lots of you know, people laughed a lot. Um, I felt like everyone was touched in the same way, really. 
Um, and that was kind of what was like, you know, Pixar's like our generation's Disney, where, you know, <laughs> the movies, the movies we see at the cinema that touch us, we think, oh, first 10 minutes, so up. Wally, you know, it's, it's, um, <laughs> and it was, it was, there was something about it, which is like, uh, you know, like being at home, which sounds like really corny and cheesy, but it is like when you're in a good movie, you're at home. And I felt that, um, watching Inside Up, Inside Out, Inside Out. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, up, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, actually I was talking to a friend today who saw it, um, in a screening with a bunch of kids who were kind of like three and four. And apparently like <laughs> these kids kept on saying, who's that girl? Who's that girl who keeps appearing? Like Riley was interrupting this movie for them. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like that's funny, but I think it also speaks quite importantly to the fact that this is a movie for older kids. And I said this at the start, but I think, you know, I, and I, I don't, I don't know what this really means, but it's probably the most mature movie that Pixar's ever made in terms of, like, there's going to be a section of the audience who, unfortunately, are just going to be left behind, you know, um, and not... Sure, sure, but, you know, hats off to them and to Disney and to Disney for um, for letting them make it like that. Yeah, I uh, I, I, I don't know what to say, really. Right. Well, I think, yeah, you say that. I I thought that Finding Nemo was like their most sequel-proof movie. And yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, where does it go from there? Nemo's next day at school where everything's fine. <laughs> it's just more <laughs> Episode title. Episode title, this. It's just more <laughs> <laughs> and and our first T-shirt. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's kind of for me, it's telling that Pete Doctor did not make Monsters University too. Monsters University, you know, like even though he was probably fine with it and he probably helped develop it, the fact that he didn't direct it kind of tells you that he doesn't want to spend the next four years of his life doing a sequel. He's... Yeah. No, I mean, they touch on that perfectly at the end when, um, <laughs> when she meets mm-hmm. the boy inside his head it's just girl <laughs> that was a that was hilarious um yeah i don't know where they're gonna go next and you know i think they just need to it'll have... be set in the future and they could be we could be cyborgs no <laughs> right yeah and, and the outside world gets no it's it gets cheesy <laughs> 
it's it's a welcome movie for me because it's Pixar doing something original. <laughs> and you know, they they're so when you have people who are so good at coming up with ideas, why the hell would you ask them to work on cars too? And say, <laughs> Oh, make Big Ben look like it's a fender for some reason. Like that's not creativity. That's like that's making money and you know they're movie they're a movie studio, so absolutely they're gonna have to make money, but if they can do it like doing things like inside out, then why have why have um you know anything but all the faith in the world in your creative staff? Yeah. Frankly. No, Wally is you know that's that's Brookshire and and yeah yeah I um you know I uh, I wonder what Pete Doctor is going to do next because I th- I think out of all the directors at Pixar he has the best he has the best run I think you know he he makes great emotional movies which like connect with people um so yeah I mean he's I, I I hope he's working on his next one already, because you know the sorts of the quality of the ideas that he comes up with. Um, you know that's that's well, you know they're just the best. Right. Though I have to say that the Incredibles was just as emotional though. I mean I thought anyway. The Incredibles actually was a film that grew on me. I, I, I was I thought it was so I mean I get choked I still get choked up yeah. every time I see that one scene where Dash is sort of like he realizes he can run across the water. <laughs> I mean, I get like I get choked up. <laughs> Oh really? Time. That's interesting because yeah. Incredibles is not a movie where I do that. For me, that's like Finding Nemo, you know, um, maybe parts of Ratatouille. But oh, no, yeah. Incredibles for me is like a fun movie, and then it took me a few watches to realize really what it was saying. Yeah, no, that one, it got yeah. me really good. Yeah, the whole, the contrast, the whole job in the beginning, you know, he doesn't quite fit into the car and the job and the, I don't know, it was really um, kind of heart-wrenching. Yeah, within a, in a happy candy-colored wrapper with great animation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Again, I don't think I people all right, I'm gonna be a grump now, like I haven't been. <laughs> yeah. Um and you know, come c- come out of Grover's can and <laughs> tell it like it is. Seriously, if you think the Incredibles needs a sequel, then maybe and I'm not saying this to you, Chris, I'm just saying like to people who say, 
I want the Incredibles too. You didn't understand the movie because it's <laughs> uh, it, it ends at the perfect moment. Yeah. Where they are a team and they're unbreakable and anything that life throws at them in their personal lives, in you know, in in the world of being superheroes is gonna, you know, shatter before it even touches them. Mm-hmm. Um the underminer. Ah. <laughs> 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 as long as he's doing it, yeah. I've heard, yeah, I heard he's yeah. writing. I think I mean, he probably. I think he probably has a good idea. I probably think he also understands that, like I said, like if he if he made that movie, he understands that it's going to be a really hard task to do a sequel because the movie has such a good resolution. I I don't know. I mean, you know, with Brad Bird, I I think you know, maybe if he's making The Incredibles two, so that and I don't know this if this is really how Hollywood works at all. If he's making Incredibles 2 as like a favor to Pixar so he can develop his own personal project then you know, that that might be what's happening I don't know I don't know because in in and I'm I, I'm saying that because I've heard interviews where he's asked and he kind of you know says well you know everyone always asks for it but I don't have hmm. a good idea yet oh so I, do you know what I? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I think the, the the more Pixar stay away from sequels, you know, the better films they're going to make. They might not make more money, but you know, but <laughs> but you know, if 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 they give if given the chance, they you know, if given the chance for them to make Brave and for everyone to not maybe love it, if they're you know making that and then they make you know, a Monsters University and then we get Inside Out, then I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for that. I don't know. <laughs> I am. Am I not? I'm trying to be. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sure. <laughs> oh, that's not like us. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think uh I think that's that's it for me. Great it was a great movie. Um yeah, well, just, you know, the fact that they made a movie where sadness becomes the hero is, is amazing. The fact that yeah. they, they managed to say something so beautiful, which is that, you know, if happiness is like the destination, then sadness is the journey and it's just as valid, you know, in that small moment that they, that they explain it with where Riley was sad because she missed the winning shot. On a on a, on the hockey game, 
Right, um, but I, but the point though is not that either one. It's not joy or sadness as the destination. It's the combination of all of the emotions. Right, I didn't understand the maybe complexity oh, of the experience. Sure, right, because. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all, and also that our, all of our memories suck. No, <laughs> which they do. Well, it's, <laughs> they change. The, yeah, the fact is that like it's not something to oust. It's it's <laughs> something to learn to live with. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if you think about it this way, it's not just that they exist. Is that they change like that whole extra story that's happening is again separate from the character. So, you know, our memories are constantly evolving and incorrect. <laughs> and when we re-remember something, we're adding to it, subtracting from it, or stuffing it in some place where we may never access it again. Yeah, like we're gonna like maybe in a few years there would be a great revisited where all sorts of treasures open up, you know, from this movie because it's still really fresh to me. I know, right? I know. <laughs> I wish I. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, before we do this, I have to really, really quickly make some little bit of housekeeping slash apologies. Um, and I'm sorry to do it at this point. Last week's episode about Tell the Princess Kaguya, I, um, so I, I heavily borrowed lots of thoughts from Ben Ettinger of Anna Pages, um, who has been writing about animation um, Japanese animation for years and you know so many of my thoughts about animators and anime I I probably owe to him um, and the same to uh, Daniel Thomas McInnes who runs the Ghibli blog um, who uh, you know has been writing about uh, Ghibli movies for years and you should check out his 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 essays on all the Ghibli movies because he just has such amazing insights um, to them all, and he uh, and he's actually writing some books at the moment uh, based on those essays, which are going to be like, as far as I'm concerned, probably the definitive word on you know Ghibli movies. And also, uh, apologies to Michael Toole who I stupidly called Mike O'Toole uh, <laughs> last week. Um, him and Daniel Thomas McInnes uh, 
they were responsible for the restoration DVD of um, Horace Prince of the Sun uh, from Discotech. So yeah, I just wanted to make clear that I'm a, I'm sorry for getting your name wrong, Michael. And uh, yeah, check out Ben Ettinger's Annie Page's blog and Daniel Thomas McKenna's Ghibli blog. And you can find me on uh, Twitter at Hamu. I'm on Twitter at Eisner underscore Inc. And, um, and you should put those links in the show notes of those, those, uh, the blog, the, the stuff you just mentioned, Dan. I definitely, I think I did last week, actually. Oh, great, great, great. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's slack of me then. I haven't followed up and looked at that. I'll, I'll go click them. did we get so far off course because i think so far i think because dan did you you said something that sounded like mad max yeah and then we started talking about mad max and going oh yeah mad max no i was trying to say i was trying to say mad max and then i had this brain fart where i thought it was like an animated tv (laughs) show mad to the max or mad Mad to the max (laughs) with mad mad the max like Dora the Explorer. I want to watch Mad to the Max. (laughs) It's like Mad Max, but for kids. (laughs) They drive around in their little electric vehicles and everything on the playground. (laughs) Very (laughs) The new new straight-to-DVD Barbie movie. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, Oh, jeez, that's awesome. That's crazy. She's got all kinds of accessories. Well, I was just thinking about the <laughs> products that would be linked to that. <laughs> hey, Yvonne, mm-hmm. well, you, yes. have a pitch. you have a pitch to make. I can't let diabetes get in my way. So here's what I do. I wear the Dexcom G6.
It continuously sends my glucose numbers to my phone. And the arrow shows me where I'm headed and how fast. Without finger sticks or scanning, making it much easier to keep my glucose in range. The more time I spend in range, the better I feel. And the more I can cross off my list. Don't let diabetes get in your way. Check out Dexcom.com slash in range. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G6 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice meat. McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.